It is certainly good to see everybody who is here this evening. Um, there's a, a few that are missing tonight because traveling or being sick. My family's not feeling well, so they stayed home. And it's good to see visitors that we have. And we're happy that you're here and we consider you our honored guest. We are going to continue and finish up our study in the third chapter of Colossians. And if you need questions, they're on the back table if you didn't grab any. We're going to be studying the verses 22 through uh, 25 this evening to finish up the chapter. And to get started, I want to start in reading in verse 18 and reading through the end of the chapter. That's uh, kind of where uh, Wade had last week. And I just want to read those verses to kind of give us somewhat of a context of where we were at. So beginning there in verse 18... Of Colossians chapter 3 it says wives submit to your own husbands as is fitting to the Lord husbands love your wives and do not be bitter toward them children obey your parents in all things for this is well pleasing to the Lord fathers do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged bond servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh not with eye service as men pleasers but in sincerity of heart fearing God and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. So beginning in verse 22, the question that's posed to us is, who are bondservants, and what is meant by the phrase, not with eye service? And it says there, bond servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart fearing God. So here, bond servants is talking about anyone who has to answer to anybody else here on this earth. Whether it be somebody who's in an authoritative position above us, whether it's employees answering to an employer, a student answering to a teacher, a child answering to a parent, um, and even in the context of Colossians, slaves which answered to their masters. And the first century Christians would have understood this uh, quite well because slavery was very, very prevalent in those days. And as when we become as Christians, uh, we put on the new man and have to put off the old man. And that will show, when we do that, how we act will show a proper, submissive attitude towards our masters or our employers or whatever the case may be. And that's another, it's another aspect of God's authority that he has ordained. Employees have a God-ordained role of obedience and submission to their employers or supervisors. And when we think about this concept in ways that are practical to us, it becomes very easy to understand that this not only applies uh, uh, to us here, but also our spiritual slavery that we have to God. We are all slaves. We're either slaves to God or we are their slaves to Satan. And when God is our master, we become slaves to him. And in doing that, we are obeying all of his commands. So the Christian who may be, um, quote-unquote Christian, who is dishonest or lazy or unreliable worker has 
something far worse, of course, to deal with uh, than um, a reprimand maybe from their, their employer here. You know, we have to answer, we are going to answer for how we are as an employee or as a slave or as a student or whatever it may be, how we act and how we react towards those who are in authority above us. And um, also how we act when our supervisor or boss or that person in authority is when we're not, when they are not around, determines who we really are in our own heart. And that is what, what is meant by the phrase here, not with eye service. You know, we don't work hard only when the boss is around. And then when the boss leaves, we kind of slack off a little bit. You know, we're only doing it really when he's around to please him. That's what's saying, you know, as being men pleasers. But we do it with the sincerity of our heart, fearing God. And as we understand that when we are employees subject to an employer, we will also receive a reward for the work that we do, for the duties that we complete to our employer, and that it may be, you know, a check every week or check every two weeks or check every month, but we are rewarded for the work that we do. And that is kind of another uh, topic that is taught about here uh, in these few verses. Um, but we, you know, if we don't work and complete the duties that our employer tells us to do, there's also consequences if we don't fulfill those. We may get reprimand, we may get fired, we may get suspension from duties, whatever it may be. So we are getting a reward for how we work. And the same goes for our spiritual lives. You know, we are going to be rewarded or compensated for the work that we do here. So we just need to realize, what is our reward going to be? Is our reward for our work here going to be a heavenly inheritance that we'll talk about? Or is it going to be eternal damnation in hell? Everybody's going to get a reward. It's just a matter of what that reward is going to be. So in Revelation 22, verse 12, it says, And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is me to give to everyone according to his work. So what type of reward are we working for? What will be our reward? This brings us to verse number uh, 23 and question number 2. It says there, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. So what is meant by the phrase, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men? You know, in Proverbs 23, verse 7, it says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And I also want to go back to, um, if you have your Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter 14. And I actually want to read, I, kind of, I wanted to find an example of somebody who followed the Lord God with all their heart. And we came, and I came across Caleb. You know, Caleb in, in Joshua chapter 14, it shows Caleb on how he was rewarded for how he wholeheartedly lived for the Lord. And I want to just want to read, um, starting in verse 6. Now this is, of course, when, um, uh, when the land is divided, the land of Canaan is divided to the tribes. And it says here, starting in verse Six, it says, we'll read through, uh, we'll read all the way through the end of the chapter there. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal, 
And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was forty years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him, and it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren, who went up with me, made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive. And he said, These forty-five years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while in Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am this day, eighty-five years old. As yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me, just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day, and you heard in that day how the Anakim were there, and that the cities were great there and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him, and gave him Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. Hebron, therefore, became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. And the name of Hebron was formerly, formerly was Kirjath Arba. Arba was the greatest man among Anakim. The land, then the land had rest from war. So this shows an example of how God promised the land of Canaan to the Israelites. Because the, Can the Israelites were God's children. And they received the land as an inheritance because they followed the Lord their God. And Caleb asked for a specific mountain. He asked for that mountain where the giants lived. Where they went in and they spied that land. And most of the other spies were scared and didn't want to go into the land of Canaan because they were afraid of the giants. They were afraid of the cities that were fortified. But Caleb wanted it because he knew that God was on his side. And because of Caleb's heart, he received that land as an inheritance. So, with that, with that kind of in mind, when we do the tasks and duty with the mindset of pleasing God first, we'll become the best employees the world will ever see. We'll become worthy of trust from our employers. We will be rewarded for our hard dedication. We will be rewarded with raises and promotions. We will be given additional responsibilities because our employer knows that the task that he has given us will be completed and be completed right. So as slaves to masters here on earth, we are to be the best. And that reflects, reflect, our actions reflect God in everything that we do. So what, what we are doing the work with our whole heart and dedicating everything that we do to the Lord. Our inward heart will come out and we should be shown in many ways, and one of those ways is how we do our earthly work here. That brings us to verse 24. It says there, Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. And the question is, many people today believe that the, they serve the Lord. But how do we really know if we are serving the Lord? Um, under the Roman law, slaves 
were considered property to their masters, and those slaves could not own any property under Roman law. So when, when Paul mentions this to the Colossians, and if there were slaves that were here, that they can receive an inheritance from something greater that they have never heard about before. It was very, very receptive in the first century. You know, um, I'm sure that they held, you know, it held a lot of weight when Paul mentioned that, when he, when he wrote that, and when he sent that letter to the church in Colossae. Colossae. Um, and, that, and that inheritance, of course, was something eternal that they could never lose if they just, if they just followed Jesus all of their days. And that, that is why we see such a lack of enthusiasm here in, uh, in, in, this, in, in the USA or in, in the town that we live in. Um, why so little are converted to Jesus or those who believe because we are so enamored and so blinded by the material things of this world. Um, and we forget and we, sometimes we miss and see that we need Jesus more than anything else in this world that we have. And that is why, you know, we here support the work that Frank and Don are going to in the Philippines because it's such a poor area, a poor country, that those people have little to no material possessions. But yet when they hear about Jesus and a heavenly inheritance and treasures in heaven... The gospel is very receptive there because they see that as a great, great treasure. So that is, that is what an inheritance means. And we can know that we will receive that reward when we examine the word of God and we compare it to our lives and we can make sure that we are following his commands in everything that we do. Verse 25 But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. So the past few verses have been talking about bondservants and masters, uh, uh, children obeying your parents, fathers not provoking your children, husbands and wives, their relationship on how they should act. But here at the end of the chapter, he says, there is no partiality. So that means that the standards that God has set, no matter if we are uh, a father or a son, rich or poor, or if we're the ruler of the free world or not, or if we're looking for somewhere to lay our head every night on the streets, we are all going to be judged by the same standards on the, on the judgment day. It does not matter what our... our uh, uh, stature in life is it doesn't matter who we are it doesn't matter what our last name is it doesn't matter who our ancestors were before us and even the colossians here are going to be judged by the same standards that we can read out of today and that's what's so amazing about about god's word is it transcends all of time and it and and the rules that happened back in the first century apply to us today, and that's how we're going to be um, judged. It, it, that's what, that is what, what is meant by there is no partiality. Worldly stature does not matter. 
So Frank also wanted us to briefly summarize the chapter here. And I just kind of want to go through it real quick. Um, Paul tells the members of the church in Colossae, he gave them some clear-cut, practical, easy ways to live a Christian life. In verses 1 through 4, we are told that, we have, that when we have decided to become Christians, and when we do, we are hidden with Christ in God. And when this happens, we are a new creature. We have put off the old man and put on the new man. We have gotten rid of fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, idolatry, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language, and we are not to lie. And when we are created, we are created in a new image or a new man. And it doesn't matter if we're a Jew, a Gentile, a Greek, black, white, Hispanic, poor, rich, old, physically impaired. The gospel of Christ is accessible to all and his salvation is offered to all. And once we have put off all the characteristics of the old man, we have to replace it with the characteristics of the new man or the characteristics of what a Christian should be. Tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. And above all, we are to put on love. That is the foundation of all the other characteristics that a Christian can have as attributes. If we do all these other things, if we everything that we just named right now, if we do all those things, but we don't have love, it is all for nothing. All for nothing. Beyond those characteristics, we are to have actions as well. We are to let the word of God dwell in us richly. We are to teach and admonish in songs and in hymns, singing with our hearts to the Lord. We are to do all in the name of the Lord, and we are to give thanks to God for all. Paul also gives us family members some practical ways to have successful Christian homes, wives submitting to their husbands, husbands to love our wives, children obey your parents, fathers and do not provoke your children. And then Paul, of course, talks about how we as Christians should act in the, if we are either in a position of authority as an employer or in a, in a position of obligation as an employee. We as Christians are to be the hardest working, most honest, trustworthy employer or employer the world has ever seen. Ultimately, we are serving God. He is our master. We will be rewarded for our works here on earth by choosing which master we serve, either God or Satan. And our positions on earth do not matter to God. He sees no difference between the one who has no place to call his home or can't afford his next meal and to the ones who don't have to worry about working another day in their life because they are financially set for their life. There is no grading curve to God. There is no partiality. We will be judged one day by the same standards, and those standards are only found in the Word of God that we can read in the Bible. We thank you for listening to our podcast put on by The Church of Christ at 2215 Plans Road in Bakersfield. If you would like any additional information or you would like to receive a free Bible correspondence course by mail, please email us at info at churchofchristbakersfield.com. Our service times are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 730 p.m.
Please make plans to join us. We would love for you to be our honored guest.